Welcome to another edition of Faith to Live By. I'm your host, Pam Christian, and today, like every week, I seek to help us understand what's happening in our world from a biblical worldview so we can then seek the Lord to know how He wants His people to respond. And I don't mind telling you, producing this week's podcast is one of the more difficult from all that I've produced so far because of everything that's been happening specific to Afghanistan and how the United States government utterly failed in our commitment to help the nation of Afghanistan, and how reprehensibly our government failed our own American citizens and continues to fail thousands of people to this very day. My heart is deeply broken. I woke up around 4.15 this morning, September 4th, the day I'm preparing this podcast, with a very heavy heart, knowing the 20th year anniversary of the September 11th, 2001 attack on America would be the most difficult for all the world to experience because of the Biden administration's egregious Afghanistan debacle. I don't know how our nation is going to recover from this tragedy. I have no idea how the precious people of Afghanistan will survive. I don't know how far-reaching this whole matter is, but I have every reason to believe God will show up and redeem every bit of this horrific mess And we have a part in his work to redeem people of every nation. And I want to encourage you in this today. I have asked God, why did this extreme tragedy have to happen too? I mean, the whole world has suffered greatly since early 2020, with one issue after another beating us down again and again before we've even had a chance to recover. The enemy of God is truly pulling out all the stops trying to overwhelm us. Yet I know in my spirit, God is exposing all manner of corruption, and these very days we're living in, we will see God intervene in unprecedented ways of biblical proportion. We must learn from the epic times recorded in the Bible and position ourselves in unwavering faith and wield the authority and the power Jesus died to give us. We must dig down deep and get hold of our true identity in Christ with all the power of the Holy Spirit who indwells us and all the authority over the enemy Christ has secured for us and take back what is ours in Christ Jesus. The same fear, dread, and even panic we are experiencing today is precisely what God's people have experienced many times in the past. But we have the advantage of knowing the history of God miraculously working on behalf of his people with epic events. And from this, we must apply our faith without reservation knowing our God is faithful and he is all-powerful and he will never let us down. The date this podcast first posts will be the entrance to the Jewish holiday season. Rosh Hashanah is September 6 to 8. Yom Kippur is September 15 to 16. Sukkot is September 20 to 22. And Simchat Torah is September 27 to 28. Then we have Hanukkah, which will be November 28 through December 6. Now, I have sensed we can expect to see God act in and around the Jewish holidays and extending into January 2022. So don't stop praying and expecting God to work. I recall the prophetic word the Lord spoke through Barry Winch that I shared a couple of weeks ago, warning us, and God's first sentence in that word through Winch was, quote, fasten your seatbelts. This is going to be the ride of your life. I have begun to dismantle some of the most evil structures that have ever existed, end quote. When we first hear a prophetic word, even a word of warning, we're excited and we eagerly anticipate God to intervene on our behalf. However, as we experience God working out his plans, 
it is truly devastating, shocking, and heartbreaking. So with this episode of Faith to Live By, I want to help all of us Christians around the world to look through our eyes of faith and press beyond what we see in the natural and seek the Lord to show us what he wants us to understand and what he wants us to do in this great and terrible time. First, I want to take some time to provide an overview of what I've learned about our commitment to Afghanistan and how that was trending up to the Biden administration and what the actions of the Biden administration have actually created. Next, I want to share some other points of view about the Afghanistan withdrawal and the suspected roles other nations play in this whole mess, notwithstanding the United States. Then I want you to hear from a once a Marine, always Marine, David Scarlett from His Glory International Ministries. In addition to focusing on saving the lost for Christ and providing for the elderly and the poor, His Glory International Ministries is part of a patriotic movement to unite brothers and sisters in Christ, teaching about the Constitution and our God-given rights, educating people about how to preserve our American freedoms and traditions and preserve the nuclear family. Dave and his team minister in a variety of ways, including the His Glory TV network, to over 20 million people worldwide. With his contacts, Dave is able to give us some insights about the whole Afghanistan issue. Last, I want to encourage all of us with the humanitarian efforts that are being accomplished by private contractors to rescue the Americans stranded in Afghanistan and also the Afghanistan people who are presently subjected to the most brutal, bloodthirsty evil the world has known, and to let you know of some specific actions you can take to be of help to all these people. We need to have a grasp on the history leading up to America's involvement in Afghanistan, and it began with the attacks on American soil September 11, 2001. These attacks were attributed to the radical Islamic terrorists known as al-Qaeda. Militants associated with this group hijacked four planes and carried out suicide attacks against the targets in the United States. Two planes were flown into the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center in New York City, and a third plane hit the Pentagon just outside Washington, D.C., and a fourth plane crashed in a field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. I remember learning of these attacks and being in complete shock and disbelief, even though the video of the planes crashing into the Twin Towers was played over and over again on network news. The whole nation was in shock. Almost 3,000 people were killed during the terrorist attacks. That figure includes 343 firefighters and paramedics and 23 New York City police officers and 37 Port Authority police officers. At the Pentagon, 189 people were killed, including 64 on American Airlines Flight 77. On Flight 93, there were 44 people who died when the plane crash-landed in Pennsylvania. However, there were thousands of first responders and people working and living in the lower Manhattan area who were exposed to toxic fumes and particles emanating from the towers as they burned and fell. By 2018, 10,000 people were diagnosed with 9-11-related cancer. According to History.com, the hijackers were Islamic terrorists from Saudi Arabia and several other Arab nations reportedly financed by the al-Qaeda terrorist organization of Saudi fugitive Osama bin Laden. They were allegedly acting in retaliation for America's support of Israel, its involvement in the Persian Gulf War, and its continued military presence in the Middle East. The attack of 9-11 triggered major U.S. initiatives to combat terrorism under the then-President George W. Bush. 
I encourage us all to watch the History Channel's broadcast commemorating the 20th anniversary of the September 11th attacks, which will start airing September 10th. Please look up your local television listings to know when the three documentary specials will run in your area. I have a link to a preview for all three of the special programs in the show notes. There is a long series of events that led up to the United States having a military presence in Afghanistan, and you can read the details in the link I'll have in the show notes. The short summary is that in 1999, the United Nations Security Council adopted a resolution which linked al-Qaeda and the Taliban as terrorist groups and imposed sanctions on their funding, travel, and arms shipments. The United Nations move contributed to a period of ascendancy for al-Qaeda and its leader, Osama bin Laden. September 9, 2001, Ahmad Shah Massoud, commander of the Northern Alliance and anti-Taliban coalition, was assassinated by al-Qaeda operatives. Terrorism experts believe Massoud's assassination assured Osama bin Laden protection by the Taliban after the 9-11 attacks on U.S. soil. September 18, 2001, President George W. Bush signed into law a joint resolution authorizing the use of force against those responsible for attacking the United States, soon sending U.S. military to combat terrorism from invading Afghanistan. Since then, there have been many ups and downs in the effort. Afghanistan formed a new governance and established a constitution allowing for a democratic process to elect leadership. From 2001 to 2017, George W. Bush and Barack Obama oversaw the United States' involvement in the War on Terror and the efforts to help Afghanistan become fully established. In 2017, President Donald J. Trump outlined his Afghanistan policy, stating in a speech, although his original instinct was to pull out, he will instead press ahead with an open-ended military commitment to prevent the emergence of a vacuum of terrorists. He explained that decisions about withdrawal will be based on conditions on the ground rather than arbitrary timelines. In his speech, President Trump invited India to play a greater role in rebuilding Afghanistan while castigating Pakistan for harboring insurgents, noting that a political settlement with the Taliban was far off. In 2018, the Taliban launched major attacks amid U.S. escalation. The Trump administration deployed troops across rural Afghanistan in an effort to decimate the Taliban's finances. Also, security assistance worth billions of dollars to Pakistan was cut due to Pakistan's harboring militants. In 2019, peace talks seemed to be underway, but when a U.S. soldier was killed in a Taliban attack, President Trump canceled the next peace talks meeting. However, in 2020, the United States and Taliban signed a deal on the path to peace, but that pathway was destroyed when Taliban fighters carried out dozens of attacks on Afghan security forces. November 2020, the Afghan government and the Taliban were deadlocked and the Taliban continued to launch deadly attacks. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg warned that the withdrawing of troops too early could allow Afghanistan to become a haven for terrorists and allow Islamic State to rebuild the caliphate. April 14, 2021, Biden announced that the U.S. will not meet the deadline set under the U.S.-Taliban agreement to withdraw all troops by May 1st and instead released a plan for a full withdrawal by September 11, 2021, regardless of any progress in the intra-Afghan peace talks or the Taliban's attacks on Afghan security forces and citizens. It was stated that NATO troops would also leave. 
Biden stated Washington would continue to assist with any peace talks, but the Taliban stated they will not participate in any conference on Afghanistan's future until the foreign troops leave. I'm not a military expert, but it sure seems to me that the Taliban are calling the shots at this point, and I don't understand why the Biden administration didn't realize that or how vulnerable the people in Afghanistan would be if he went through with the plan. I also can't fathom how our military leadership would allow for such a plan to be enacted. Next, as we all know, on August 15, 2021, we experienced one of the saddest days in history. This day continues to bring horrendous, bloody and brutal sufferings and loss of lives. From 2001 to 2021, there's an estimate of 2,448 Americans and 50,000 Afghanistan lives lost plus lives of the Taliban and the brutal slaughter of Christians. Investigative journalist Lara Logan posted a video about the Taliban going house to house and committing executions. Biden's administration apparently handed names of American citizens, green card holders, and Afghan allies to the American troops, trusting the Taliban would allow these people to enter the Taliban-controlled perimeter and get to the airport. The decision reportedly was made despite the Taliban's notorious reputation for brutally executing Afghans who helped the U.S. military and other Western forces during the war and occupation that followed the September 11 terrorist attacks. These egregious actions, on top of the 83 to $85 billion worth of vehicles, weapons, high-tech gear, American uniforms, and more that was left behind, now completely in the hands of the Taliban, which only adds to their strength and might. In addition to the threat of the Taliban having control of the Afghanistan government, they are also now the world's richest terrorist group. Sitting on an estimated fortune of $2.7 trillion with stolen cash, drug money, oil, and other natural resources under its control. This from an article from the United Kingdom's The Sun periodical. The link will be in the show notes and explains much more. We must properly understand the increase of threat the Taliban are now for the world as a direct result of the Biden administration's actions. Add to that, China invited representatives of the Taliban to a meeting before the Taliban had taken complete control, which is a nod to China's expectation that the Taliban would indeed gain control. This makes me very concerned about the China-Pakistan-Taliban connection. Chris Reed, interviewed by Steve Schultz on Elijah Streams recently, explained how the Chinese and radical Islam could easily join forces, with radical Islam being the religious arm and the Chinese being the governmental arm. Watch the interview of Chris Reed titled, Islam and Communism, How Should We Respond? There's a link in the show notes, and the topic starts about 28 minutes into the video. Now, I'd like you to hear the interview I had with Dave Scarlett. So as I mentioned, I wanted to have Dave Scarlett here on my podcast today, and I'm really delighted to introduce him to you right now. Dave, welcome, and thank you for being part of Faith to Live By. Thank you for having me. It's a blessing. I want to talk to you about some of the current events that are going on that are so egregious, specifically Afghanistan. And uh, you being a Marine, I think I would like to have your perspective for my audience, and then we'll go another direction after we consider your take on the Afghanistan debacle. Yeah, it is uh, being a Marine, just being an American, it is uh, 
It's worse than Saigon. This is probably the biggest uh, blunder in the history of the United States military. Uh, it's almost as if it was on purpose. I believe it was on purpose. It was bad in the first few days, but once you had the loss of 12 Marines and a Navy medic, it took it to a whole different level. And then you see where we have a Taliban uh, telling our administration and our weak military leaders that you have until the 31st of August to get out. And we left Americans behind. Mm -hmm. uh, we at His Glory have been working with former military, former uh, special forces to do private uh, private recoveries of Americans. And it's still ongoing as we speak. I've heard of that. I've heard about agencies joining efforts and I, I commend you. Thank you so much. Yeah, that is ongoing as we speak. Uh, we've actually had pushback from our own uh, government uh, not to, to go in and help the American people that were left behind, even though our, you know, our the administration and our military leaders left them behind. I'm talking about the high end military leaders. This is not your everyday uh, Marine or everyday soldier that follows lawful orders of our Constitution. This is the highest ranking of our corrupt military. And I'll call them out. Uh, Milley uh, needs to resign immediately. The Department of the Secretary of Defense needs to resign immediately. Uh, this has emboldened our enemy. Uh, it has uh, hurt our Israel, which is biblical to us. I'll bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. I just had General Valley and General McInerney on uh, his glory. They told their parts of this. We had General Flynn on the day that it happened. And I'm hearing from sources of former generals in uh, the Israeli military as well, how this is impacting Israel, a vacuum where Iran is being emboldened and their proxies to attack the nation of Israel as well. So this is much deeper than just an American issue. It is a world issue. It is a biblical issue. I can tell you that the veterans, uh, I have never seen veterans more upset and united ever than what we've seen in the last few days. Now, it's interesting you say that they're upset and united. Yes. And so from a Christian point of view, from, from God's communication to you, what do you think God is really, how he wants us to respond? God wants us to respond in a manner that we stand in the gap, the, the modern day Nehemiah, where we need to get this country back. We need to get the Eagle Nation back. We will get this Eagle Nation back. There will be a Red Sea moment. And what God is doing is unifying the remnant, unifying the country. We have many uh, patriots that come to his glory that become Christians, that could understand and love the Lord Jesus Christ that didn't know them before that. And we also have Christians that don't know how to be patriots. And you're seeing that build and build and build every single day and getting stronger. One thing this administration has done has united the American people. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, the people, are going to stand. And the Lord has a great outpouring ahead of us. And it took something like this for us to wake up as a nation, as a world, because the world is looking at us as well. We're the Eagle Nation. And as America goes, goes the rest of the world as well, good or bad. And this is the unification of this remnant for the God's last outpouring of uh, the revival. We're starting to see pockets of that everywhere we go through the Clay Clark tour. And we were just in Bardsfest in St. Louis last week. People are coming to Christ. People are being baptized. We're praying over people. And you see that bubbling, 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 bubbling. And now you see the military piece of that. And you're getting a major majority that is not the silent majority anymore. We're becoming the vocal majority. And we will get the country back in the name of Jesus Christ. I believe the same thing. And I've been encouraging my audience for more than a year to hold the line and depend on God that he is who he says he is. 
One of the things that is a concern for me, and you might have better insight, I would imagine you do, with China doing all that it has done, most likely interfering with our presidential elections of 2020, with China and Russia's potential collusion, with China and the Taliban's potential collusion, what could we potentially see? And before you answer that, keep in mind that Americans did unite after 911 in 2001. We've drifted far away. So again, with the potential increase of efforts for takeover and with the need for God to wake us up, help us understand those two tensions. Yeah, the tension of China is very real, as Mike Lindell is, is going to show starting next week or possibly this week in Arizona. There's a bombshell coming out in Arizona. That's going to it's going to be the domino effect for the rest of these. Uh, we just had General McInerney on again today, and he was talking about there's no ifs, ands or buts. This election was stolen. It was a domestic attack. And it was also a foreign attack by China and others. There's proof of it. They'll prove this overwhelmingly. I've got that from many, many sources that I've been talking directly with. And uh, this is an act of treason and sedition by many in our military and many in our government that will not stand. You know, Dave, I appreciate the work that comes through his glory. You have got an international ministry. And the fact that you are willing to take some time out and spend with me and my podcast audience, I really appreciate it. I want to make sure my audience knows how to get a hold of you so they can also be a participant with His Glory and then reach out to you if they need to. Absolutely. You can reach us at www.hisglory.me. That is our website. And we do have an app on all the major platforms. We have, because of censorship and attacks and death threats and poison and you name it, we've been under it. We've had to build our own secure servers so that we are not attacked. So you can go to his glory and you'll have the security and our own servers. Okay. And they can contact you through the website as well, right? Correct. Yep. We reach about uh, 20 million people worldwide in every country of the world. In closing, I'd like to hear from you one last bit of advice, encouragement, whatever you'd like to say to my audience specific to these days we are living. We are living in the days, biblical days, that the prophets and the disciples of Jesus would love to be where we're at today. Even though it looks bleak, this is truly the greatest time to be alive because we are going to witness the spirit of the Lord move like no other time in the history of the world. What we need to do is we need to stand in the gap. We need to pray. We need to get in his word. We need to meditate. But the main thing is a Nehemiah moment. We have to take action for his purpose and his glory. There's no more being the conforming church. We have to be the remnant church that steps up, stands out, and moves forward for his purpose and his glory. And I'm sure you'd agree that this is individuals. We're not waiting for the church to move. We're waiting for individuals to get engaged on local levels, which will make a national difference. That's exactly right. We are the church. Christ is the head. We are the church. And the church has left the building. All right, Dave, thanks so much for being part of this podcast. I really appreciate it. I'd like to have you back sometime. Thank you. God bless you. You heard Scarlett say that he believes the manner of the Afghanistan withdrawal, with all its dreadful consequences, was intentional. As difficult as that might be to hear, he's not the only one who's concluded it was intentional. I encourage you to listen to a five-minute video interview of retired Navy Chief Petty Officer and U.S. Congressional Candidate Jerome Bell, who was interviewed by Stu Peters on his show. Bell also claims the horrible withdrawal from Afghanistan was a purposeful plan to massacre U.S. troops in order to continue funding Democrats and their communist policies. There's a link in the show notes. 
Another thing Scarlett said was that we, as individuals, must take action. We can no longer afford to be observers waiting for others to do what needs to be done. In fact, it's precisely this observation mentality that's gotten us and the world of hurt we're in today. The outrage by the American people, as truth is revealed, is already raising efforts to get the self-serving people on the Biden administration out of office. Once again, it seems God is exposing the depths of evil for us to see and to cause us to rise up and make things right. This, along with the soon-to-be-released election fraud, should be more than enough to wake people up to the truth and become engaged in the process of correction. In a September 3rd article posted by Intercessors for America, we learn GOP lawmakers called for resignations amid the Afghanistan debacle. Frankly, allowing them to resign without any accountability would only further the fury of the American people. What we need to see is true accountability. And as I've said since early 2020, this is what God is setting the stage to do. The reason we continue to see one thing after another is because God is exposing the depths of evil and he's about to deal with it. Scarlett also said he has never seen the veterans more upset and united as they are today and that one thing that has come out of this current administration is the uniting of we the people. And I believe that is one essential outcome God has wanted to see from us for us to be united under him. And this brings me to the last point that I wanted to share with you. I want to encourage us all with the humanitarian efforts and more that are being accomplished and suggest different ways you can get personally involved. There are many who are involved in working to get people out of Afghanistan. One very impressive organization is the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Chad Robichow, a Force Recon Marine and Department of Defense contractor, served eight terms of deployment to Afghanistan. He's been able to get over 31,000 people safely out of Afghanistan, and that number includes 700 orphans. Chad's foundation has joined forces with Intercessors for America and Samaritan's Ministries, as well as other organizations to help rescue and provide for the people in need. He has set up another website, which is saveourallies.org, where you can learn how you can be of help and also receive instruction for contacting your congressmen and your senators to effectively voice your concerns. I'll have a link for you in the show notes. Robocho was recently interviewed by Dave Kubal from Intercessors for America. This is a compelling video. You won't want to miss it, so make sure to get the link from the show notes. During the interview, Robichow was adamant that the claim by the Biden administration that we had to remove our troops has no basis. He explained we currently have 80,000 troops in Japan because of Pearl Harbor. We have 40,000 stationed in Germany because of World War II, and we have 30,000 in South Korea because of the Korean War. This bit of information alone casts a dark shadow on Biden's course of action. Robichow also was upset with Biden's remarks that the Afghanistan military was too weak to fight back. During his deployment, he worked directly with the Afghanistan allies in very high-level clandestine operations. He said the Afghans always asked to be the first vehicle in an envoy, knowing they'd be the one to get hit with a mine first, which would allow the rest of the troops an opportunity for success. He pointed out that 60,000 Afghanistan soldiers gave their lives in military operations as opposed to 3,502 American soldiers reported through May 2020. Consider what a high percentage of the overall Afghanistan population 60,000 soldiers is. 
Biden's remarks were outrageous. Robichow also expressed his deep concern for the veterans' morale, especially with the upcoming anniversary of 9-11, amid the atrocious evacuation from Afghanistan. So many vets lost limbs and lost fellow servicemen and women. Some suffer from PTSD and more, while our government does not do nearly enough to honor and help them. Robichow expressed concern for the fresh pain everyone who suffered loss with 9-11 and from Afghanistan will suffer in the days to come. I encourage you to watch this interview. There's so much more that is encouraging, so get the link in the show notes. I also saw reports of large number of service dogs who were left behind. I'm confident those soldiers who worked with them have this to grieve as well. We must pray for all who are hurting. I also want you to take time to view the video of Robbie Dawkins and David Barton on Flashpoint. Dawkins is in Afghanistan helping to get as many people from the underground church in Afghanistan out as quickly as possible. David Barton from Wall Builders is also working in the area with Glenn Beck using the private jet owned by Kenneth Copeland Ministries since all commercial flights have stopped. The reports of the blatant and continual obstruction by the Biden administration against these people trying to free Americans and others from Afghanistan, a job that the U.S. government should have properly completed, is beyond appalling. Barton stated that heads of state for the countries where they seek to land have expressed that they are willing to work with him because they trust Americans, but they don't trust the Biden administration. Barton stated that there has been more than once when they had received clearance to land at their destination airport, only to learn that the U.S. State Department called ahead and instructed them to not allow the plane to land. I don't even have words for this reprehensible obstruction the Biden administration is causing with absolutely no regard for rescuing Americans, Christians, and Afghani allies. Even so, Dawkins gives reports of the miraculous ways Jesus is showing up and directing people when and where to flee on foot. He shares that Christianity in the underground church in Afghanistan is the second fastest growing of all. Dawkins reports the faith of these people is rock solid, even in the face of fear, starvation, and the most inhumane brutality and slaughters. Dawkins asks us to continue in earnest prayer because Jesus is showing up. You simply must watch this 19-minute video to understand what is truly going on with our current administration and the precious people in Afghanistan. David Harris Jr. is also helping to rescue people. He offered a powerful prayer, claiming the blood of the martyrs is crying out from the ground and for it to unleash heaven on earth, producing the greatest revival and harvest of souls the earth has ever seen. We need to thank God for Robichow and the hundreds of veterans and former Special Forces members who are organized to conduct massive independent rescue operations because of the ineptness of our own government. And we must support these organizations in any way possible. Robbie Dawkins was interviewed by Steve Schultz, and Dawkins expressed he firmly believes that Afghanistan will become a Christian nation. You can watch this moving interview with the link in the show notes. In closing, We have to look with eyes of faith to see the tremendous good that is already and will continue to come out of this persecution by the current administration and pray, expecting God to intervene in biblical proportions. God has been building to this point for about 20 months now. While this will be good in the end, it is exceedingly difficult in the process. So let's stay in prayer and keep pressing into God and doing what he asks each one of us to do. 
Next week, I'll continue helping us discern current events with an interview of Amanda Grace from Ark of Grace Ministries, a woman who has spoken many prophetic words, who offers some insights so that we can know what God wants us to in these days. We're living in perilous times, and having a solid financial plan in place is essential. Ed Torres is a team member with the Financial Advisory Practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, who can help you with your future financial goals. Ask Ed about the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach to see if you're prepared for your financial future. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, understands your goals, and they provide personalized advice to help you reach them. Call Ed Torres at 949-250-3210. Offices located at 2600 Michelson Drive, Suite 1460, Irvine, California, 92612. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. You don't have to be in California to consider working with Ed. They are licensed in many states, so I'll have a link to his website in the show notes, and I encourage you to contact him for a free consultation. If you've liked what you've heard from me today, I ask you to show your support in whatever way you can. Just visit my website. I've got all sorts of products. And of course, if you take advantage of any one of my partner's services, that'll bless me as well. Also, consider becoming a subscriber to my bi-monthly e-newsletter, which will make you a preferred member where you'll receive special announcements and offers not available to others. And with so much going on, let's connect on social media. I'm on Facebook at Faith to Live by TV, on Twitter at PL Christian, and at LinkedIn at Pamela Christian. Be sure to take advantage of the free resources and bonus items listed on Charisma Podcast Network and on my website, faithtoliveby.com. On that landing page, there's a link and more information about my sponsors and partners. And again, if you've been blessed by my ministry, purchasing the goods and services I bring you is how you can show your support, and it would be greatly appreciated. Also, depending on the platform where you listen, why not subscribe to this podcast so you're sure not to miss a single edition. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victories over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian asking you to remember, Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.